0: Welcome to Marvel Vision, a podcast about Marvel, the MCU, and now Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which ah. premiered today on Disney Plus. It's finally here. It was supposed to be the first Marvel series on Disney Plus. Turns out, as you well know, it's the second to come after WandaVision. That's what happened in the real world. That is some it's real crazy. truths.
1: It's crazy to say it's finally here when literally WandaVision just ended. We're spoiled. We're spoiled is yeah. what it is. And now yeah, we're diving in. And we're like, yeah. oh, we finally got this next one. And we're already doing it. We're I had here. to
0: watch Marvel Studios assembled for a week instead of my friend adventures with my super friends. Very upsetting.
1: Yeah, I know. I had to, to take this time off and look at my family members Ugh. and like oh. pets. Oh, uh, yeah, oh gross. No
0: thanks, man. No thanks. So... As usual, or maybe you're tuning in for the first time because you're more interested in Falcon and Winter Soldier than potentially you are in WandaVision, we go pretty heavily into spoilers on this podcast. That's what we talk about here, so go watch the first episode right now before we get into it. We're going to talk about some of our general thoughts on the show, how it kicked off, how it cooked off potentially compared to WandaVision. But we'll also be talking about Marvel Easter eggs, references from the comics, anything that we picked up, and speculation for the rest of the show. So let's start off with that first thing, though. Uh, From your guys' perspective, WandaVision, I think, in a very surprising way, really raised expectations before Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which I certainly wasn't expecting going into WandaVision. Uh, That was a huge hit. Global domination, like, just built over the course of the run. Obviously, there was a lot of uh, consternation about the last episode and how it went, I liked it, for my note. But this is a very different show. This is much more straightforward (laughs) MCU. How did this first episode strike you?
2: Wait, what about the last episode? There was conversation? Consternation.
0: Just uh, There were people that I think were a little upset about how certain things turned out with the last episode of WandaVision.
2: Oh, really? Yeah. People were... Oh, okay. yeah. I, I, I mean know. it was a huge surprise to you're me using, too. That uh, You're using big Cornell words, you're gonna lose our audience you, a nah, that's bit, you fair. You know what I mean? Let's let's uh <laughs> you know, let's not uh yeah. flex our knowledge on us all the time. When, you know what <laughs> I mean? Oh my god.
1: When you say consternation, just use a smaller word like angry but angry. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> a lot, Thank a lot you. of butthurt
0: yeah. fads. There
1: There you okay. go. Now you're speaking to the people. Let's talk about people? Falcon and the Winter yeah.
0: Soldier though, in this first episode here. It's obviously very different from WandaVision. But given those expectations going in here, given what you knew about the series, just broad strokes, how did the episode strike you?
2: Uh, well, I also feel like it's, it's tough because it has to follow WandaVision now, which is such a quirky, huge hit. And I feel like that is a little tough because it's a little bit straightforward. Mm-hmm. But what I really enjoyed was this. There's a lot going on. It's not just a simple kind of action thing, which I was happy about. There's a lot going on with these uh, two gentlemen's lives. And it's like we're kind of just really kind of digging into where they are. Uh, I, I I thought it was uh, uh, fun. I was impressed with a lot of it and how quickly I was surprised that they're still by the first episode because we're only getting a, a small handful here that they're not already together and kind of like working together. so I was a little like, "Oh no, we didn't get them together, and you, you got to say something only... for
0: episode six, man that's what it's all yeah.
2: built it Oh no, <laughs> don't I can't do the whole thing apart. I don't want to do the whole thing. We're just going to see them passing each
1: other in a hallway every now and and again. Game Uh, of Thrones style. Hey, hey, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I think the biggest, when you talk about uh, WandaVision and um, Falcon Winter Soldier, like it's if um, the TV show Friends, if they'd released Joey first because Mm, of a a pandemic. You know, it would have been a little bit harder to see what's
0: going on. I'm going to do one better. It's if they released Episodes first.
1: (laughs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) Uh, For all you Matt LeBlanc
2: heads out there, you must be like, Is that a shot against the No, Episodes was
0: literally about him playing a Joey-type character on a show and commenting on the idea of television based on both Joey and Friends. So, uh, yeah, it it feels like it's skipping a beat. It's like they've jumped ahead – and then they're going back to the thing that should have come right after endgame.
1: But it's interesting because I think so much of everyone, all the commentary, the um, consternation, um, the uh, butt anger about um, <laughs> WandaVision was because the potential was all over. the. Everyone was Huge. like, we could yeah. Fantastic Four, uh, Al Pacino is Mephisto, um, who's going to be uh, the the rings, the Mandarin's rings are going to be hidden, like all this like stuff. Um and it it wasn't that also
2: paul Bentley's joke which was hysterical kind of f- fueled the fire for it as well which didn't help uh, for
1: sure but what i what i think if the order the original order had been preserved and falcon and winter soldier had come first i think there would have been less of that because mm-hmm. What we see in this first episode of Falcon Winter Soldier to me is like this is like the bridge from Marvel movies to television. It's like right. has the same pace, the same type of storytelling as the first act of a Marvel movie where like lots of action, a little bit of introducing stuff, some table setting. The main characters don't even meet here Um
2: but you got Rhodey
1: also being the bridge as well. Rhodey <laughs> pops in. But people aren't like, are we going to see War Machine? It's like, no, he's here. He's already here. Yeah, he's he's already just here. watching. Yeah, he
0: left. Uh, he, he came here and then he left. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah he's out of here. Yeah. It was nice to see him. It was a drop-in. Yeah, it was nice. <laughs> he um, was on set that
0: day it, anyway, so they just added a bit.
1: That's how Hollywood oh. works, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like,
2: hey, you pop in. Uh,
0: yeah.
2: Hey, you going to be around for some we're shooting later? Let's cause let's that would be cool. Yeah, no
0: problem. What do I have to do? Is this like a Black Monday thing or what's going on?
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah it is They tricked him uh, oh. But I I don't think there's going to be that kind of Like speculation for this show Because it just is starting in a different place And it's expectations are like Sort of right where we thought They were going to be mm-hmm. And that's good Like I was psyched to watch this um, But it is such a different viewing experience
0: Yeah the thing I, I had a blast watching this episode Like I think you guys are getting at It's very relaxing to watch this show in a certain way because WandaVision, you have to have this hyper attention while you're watching it for all the details, everything that's happening in everything frame. That's what was so wonderful about that show is the amount of different levels that it was working on. Here, it felt like, ah, I'm back in the movie theater watching a Captain America movie or whatever. It's pretty cool. (laughs) Just got to chill out, watch two handsome dudes have a good time kicking butt. Let's have fun. But... On the flip side of it, and this may have to do with the Wandavision expectations. So I certainly talked about this a lot during the Wandavision podcast, and I think I was pleasantly surprised. What happens here is this really does feel like the we're making more of a six-hour movie thing, which I don't is is typical for streaming, but I don't love on TV, and I don't love the weekly release format. It's the sort of thing that mm-hmm. I might totally change my mind on watching the second episode because we'll see what happens.
1: Your mind's about to change.
0: Oh, we'll see what happens. But it's the sort of thing that I feel like if if you're into the MCU like we are, you jump into this episode, you're in, you're happy, you're good, you're having a good time. If you're not sure about the MCU – I think it's the sort of thing like you might actually want to wait until the second or third episode so you get more of a chunk and have more of a sense of what it is. Unless, of course, you're really
2: into bank loans and fishing, in which case, this is the show for you. Come on, dude. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, that's really what I want. I want to know, you know, is he going to get bank loans as easy Mm -hmm. as I can because he's got that star power. And uh, what's nice to know is that he's still like me. If I went in there, I wouldn't have my numbers. I mean, the last five years have been a shit show. Yeah, you pop pop
1: into the bank and just ask for a loan sort of – Whenever you're passing by, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: It's kind of in my route,
1: you know? Hey, you got a loan um, for your pal Pete? Yeah.
2: Hey, just check it. Remember with that loan? I applied Pete, for the last time,
0: ago? banks don't work like a slot machine, okay? <laughs> oh,
2: I'm just going to keep
1: pulling that <laughs> lever. Hopefully That's a say, bank teller's I, arm. You're pulling their arm. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he doesn't seem a, cool He's a
1: it. one-eyed bandit. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> or one eyed um, bandit. That's
2: what it is. Uh, I, I just wanted to say, though, I... I agree with you uh, a little bit, but also like the action and stuff is kind of stressful. Like uh, some of those, it was pretty close call a couple of those times, but overall, (laughs) I agree with what you're saying, Uh, but I do disagree though. I, with Justin, with like. There are fun little uh, things that, like, because I'm WandaVision trained, I was like, oh, what is laugh? What does that mean? Okay. Oh, my God. Those, like, handprints on the mask could be a crossover with Lord of the Rings. That looked very much. like uh, a bunch uh, you of know, rock like, high. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was like, you know, just my mind is trained from WandaVision. So it's hard to kind of, like, shift in. Well, mind. I do am so think- sorry.
1: You're saying it was trained by WandaVision? You've gone uh, mad.
0: <laughs> oh right, right, right.
1: right.
0: <laughs> I mean that's that's part and parcel with the MCU and superhero movies, right? Like we do look at every frame at every scene for Easter eggs all over the place. Mm-hmm. Wandavision just took it to the nth degree, uh, just to an insane amount where there were those Easter eggs in every single frame, like hidden in little quarters. Here it's things like. I mean, I jotted down a couple of things. There weren't much, but things like, oh, Aaron Kellyman, who people probably know or might know as Emphasis Nest from the Solo movie, from Solo Star Wars, uh, plays Carly Morgenthau, one of the Flag Smashers, and the original Flag Smasher was Carl Morgenthau. That's not the sort of thing where it's like, oh, shit, they put an eye on the back of her name. (laughs) What do you think it
1: means? But it's like, all right, yeah, (laughs) that's a
0: reference to the comics. That's cool.
1: Yeah, Um, but uh, we're doing a lot of comparison, but like This show, the whole opening sequence, the amount of aerial... Like, if we want to get Uh, into the episode a little
2: bit. Yes, let's please. Can we please?
1: Um... First off, we start with a shield. Um, and like I, I don't think we want to diminish this to be like, this is just a dumb movie. Well, no.
2: first off, he, let's let's really talk about, first off, we see him ironing, which is a relaxing thing to do. Like, it seems like he starts That's a reference
0: right. to Iron Man. Did you know that? Oh, oh How did I miss yeah.
2: that? Easter. Right out <laughs> of the box. And yeah. on oh, a similar,
0: man. very Pete-focused notice, did you notice that sweet shield case that Sam had oh, that he yeah. put him in? That's very yeah. cool. I yeah. wonder if he got yeah. that custom or like he went to...
1: Merch. Yeah, it looks like it was custom. Mm-hmm. I would think so. It's hard to know what size shield someone has. <laughs> hey, can I like... get
0: uh, that shield case over there, the one in tan, not the black one or the uh, red one, please?
1: One shield case fits all. Yeah. Um, I'm so sorry. Uh, but to it starts <laughs> yes. with a shield, which I think to get into some of the, the beginnings of themes for this series, I think um it's like – symbolism the the an object like the shield is this symbol and uh, sam treats it with disrespect and he's like i can't bear this it has the weight of history um and so he puts it he puts it away he puts it in this museum and nobody else seems to think of it that way or at least not the u.s government here as we find at the end of the episode and i i really like that i think the idea of like functional uh, symbolism or functional patriotism, what stuff actually means to people versus the way we revere things that, that start to lose their meaning. That to me is what right. I took out of this first episode. And I think that's a great theme. And just to real quick, um, I think it's reflected in the credits. Uh, the credits are a lot a smattering of graffiti um, on like these sort of icons. And I think that may be what the, the credits are getting at that. Like Ooh. there's these iconic things, you know, all around the country, all around our world. But the graffiti are the are the people saying something. They're the people on the street. That are, they're putting their ideas out there. And I think it's that mixing of those ideas is what we're going to get into in this series.
2: Yeah, that seems spot yeah. on. Oh, go ahead, Pete. I was just going to say, yeah, I really do like this what they're doing, the setting up of the weight of things, the symbolism, what does that mean? What does it mean to who, uh, who uh, different people take it for different things, but also like the fact that we picked up right where Falcon left off of like, yo man, this ain't my shield or I feel like this, I, I'm not good enough to rock this. You know, something that's like he he holds such reverence for it. It's not like he doesn't, he's not considering it, it like such a big big thing to him and it, it means so much. So like, I love the fact that that's where we are with him. And I, I also like this exploration throughout this episode of symbolism like with the mask and the graffiti and I'm glad you pointed that out, Justin.
0: Well, to that point, uh, what I was going to say is about tearing down the iconography I think that really ties into the villains as well I love the idea of the Flag Smashers, the idea that they're People who live for the blip thought it was great and want to go back to that, that's really fascinating. Um, that, That sets them up as really good villains, the opposite of what Captain America is supposed to be, whoever Captain America is at the time. We didn't meet Zemo at all in this episode, but we've seen from the teasers that his thing is about tearing down superheroes. So that's iconography from another angle. And I think you're right. I think you're absolutely spot on. That's exactly what it is. The other thing, of course, is legacy, which is another very obvious theme from Cap passing it down to Sam and Sam saying, no, that's not me. I'm um, somebody else, to Bucky dealing with his own legacy, which I thought was really interesting. Bad and,
2: legacy. Yeah, the very bad, bad, bad
0: legacy. legacy. <laughs> yeah. uh, and making friends with an old man because he killed his son. Oh. That was super sad. Oh, yeah. just,
2: oh my God. And the fact that he had to hear from him, mm-hmm. and then also when he was on that day, it's like, it's so clear as day, but like, how do you do that? How do you say that to somebody? You know what I mean? Like, oh. Yeah, and I, I love Holy.
1: the the way they positioned Falcon and Winter Soldier in two very different places. With Falcon trying to bear the weight of this legacy and Winter Soldier doing the same thing, but from a negative place. So he has to come to terms with his legacy while Falcon has to prove that he he is has earned what was already given to him. And I think that's really cool. And the fact that they introduced the new Captain America, the USA agent type character, the end of this episode is the nexus point. This mm-hmm. is the dude who feels unbothered by any legacy, but also has the legacy in his hands. i.
2: I was worried we were going to get the kind of like, at the end of it, I was like, that better not be a fucking Hydra cap because I, I, <laughs> we, I can't deal with that. Uh, that would just be too much. Because like, they did bring up Hydra and then it was like, there's this new cap. And I was like, please, please don't let, I can't well, deal with it. Well,
0: I mean, this. I don't think you're talking about if people haven't read it, there's an arc in the comics where Captain America due to some time travel, I believe Cosmic Cube as well, shenanigans, ends up. Yep. Reliving his whole life, but being loyal to Hydra the entire time.
2: Pete hates that arc. I thought it was pretty good. But that's how we're different people, I guess. Well, you know, it's just sometimes it's fun to go places in comic books that you don't want to go in real life. And sometimes it's just too much to handle and you don't like Mm -hmm. it. I would say, I don't
0: know if this makes you feel any better. My theory currently right now is that uh, U.S. agent Captain America is not HYDRA, but he is very racist. Do you feel better about that? (laughs) <laughs>
2: oh, what? Nice what? God, that shit is sad I'm just wondering. No, I don't feel better I'm just That's throwing a... out a little thought I experiment there, it. Pete It oh, looks like God. he's a
1: bad guy, but just like a lowercase b-bad <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a bad guy
2: mm-hmm. Just a terrible he's a bad guy. guy He's a terrible uh, guy uh, Alright, I don't like where this is going
1: mm-hmm. uh, But let's, uh, into the, the actual uh, bones of the episode Like, this aerial opening sequence I thought was just wild just like in all sorts of ways like it feels like it was so hard to do um i love the all the flying all the um the bat bat batrock going i assume that's batrock because how many french French french-speaking villains are there out there jumping not squirrel suiting out of a chopper into a chopper Mm-hmm. out of that chopper and then into yet another chopper <laughs> this is this guy's he's great at leaping
0: he is i was a little disappointed at first that backrock the leaper wasn't doing enough leaping but then he started leaping places and i was very happy
1: so much leaping Quantum leaping.
0: Mm-hmm. And that really is, wow. by the way, that is Batrock. That's George St. Pierre, who played him in, was it the beginning of Winter Soldier? I think it was the beginning of Winter Soldier.
1: Yes. Yeah, and fought sure. him
0: there. There was a little more leaping and kicking and stuff going on there. Uh, I did want to mention two things about Batrock while we're talking about him. I love the fact that he doesn't have the ridiculous Batrock costume or mustache for the books, but he still has a Batrock colored jacket. He has a purple jacket with little yellow around it, which I thought was very nice. And it also, this doesn't come up at all, this is just mentioning it to mention it, but I was thinking about it during the Batrock stuff. You guys probably remember this one, but there was this Captain America and Bat Rock one-shot by Kieran Gillen and Renato Arlem. Mm. And yes. if you want a great Batrock story, anybody out there, search out this issue, because the whole idea of it is Batrock says... I can't beat Captain America. I just can't. That's not a thing I can do. So what people hire me to do is slow him down. So I say, okay, you pay me a certain amount of money. I'm going to slow him down for five minutes. I'm going to slow him down for 10 minutes while you get away as far as you can and do your thing. And he's distracted fighting me. It's so cool. Such a fun one shot. Uh, And if you enjoyed Bat Rock's appearance here at the beginning of this series, that's a good one to check out.
1: Yeah. It's good. Uh, poor Louis, the pilot, um, you know, he sees Sam playing peekaboo and, and he gets killed almost instantly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: There's first. another comic book character that appears here though. And I really liked him in this episode. He's very different from how he is in the comics, but we met first Lieutenant Joaquin Torres, who played by Danny Ramirez in the show. He is a character. I don't, know if this is a spoiler i kind of think that it may end up being but he is the new falcon when sam wilson takes over captain america he was introduced in captain america sam wilson number one i don't think they're gonna go this route but in the comics he has actual bird wings due to a mutation that's done to him by hydra so oh no whatever it is it's setting him up as like sam's Sam's, Falcon. Sam's Bucky, yeah, Sam's, Sam's Bucky, Bucky, exactly, which I think is kind of great. Yeah. Did you like the yeah, character that's kinda... Pete because he was created by Nick Spencer? Ooh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I was thinking about how uh,
0: much of a trick to make that, and I decided not
2: much of a trick. Yeah, I, I like your build up of how you know important the character is for it, but I do like them uh, together. Yeah, and uh, you know. You know, just because you, you you know, you don't have to like everything that somebody does. You know what I mean? Like sometimes writers do amazing things and sometimes they make choices and you're just "Eh, eh, eh, like,
1: okay, me, 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 (laughs) me, 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 me. me, But
2: I do think the
0: actor is good. I enjoyed the actor. I think he's a fun presence on the show. His action sequence with the flag smashers I thought was cool, intense later in the episode. Yes. So I I enjoyed him. I I was not expecting his character. So that was a pleasant Mm -hmm. surprise for me.
1: He, um, like he, since Sam is a little more serious than Bucky on the other side of the show, it's nice to have someone there to lighten it up. Um, and and then on the Bucky side, Bucky's just like, he's like depressed, but also like, I don't know. Scoot around I, too.
2: I enjoyed him in the therapy. I thought, I thought that was, uh, you know, even though it wasn't supposed to be as, as it's kind of t- uh, hard for him. It was kind of fun the way he was playing it and uh, the back and forth between him and the therapist was very enjoyable. That was a
0: great sequence, too. I mean, yeah. the aerial fight was awesome and super long and very MCU and a great way to kick it off. But getting yeah. a flashback to Winter Soldier, I thought, was a very nice surprise. And then, like you're saying, I was surprised at how funny the therapy session was and Bucky's whole storyline. There was still sadness. There was still some action in there, but the date that he goes on later was cute oh, and man. funny and him interacting with Yuri, the old man was also kind of fun. Uh, you don't expect going into a Bucky storyline that you'll be laughing while you're watching it. But I did. This
1: guy's
2: fun. <laughs> it is. Underneath
1: yeah. that metal arm is a funny bone. Oof. I guarantee <laughs> but, uh, that therapist was mean.
2: Well, she's been taking a lot of crap for him over the years and I think she was lashing out at him. She was like, oh, you think, you know, I'm going to go back and forth with you. I'm sick of, you know, and the whole like threatening to write stuff down was just, oh, that's fun. That's real fun.
1: I like how tiny um, the notebook is that Bucky has. when he's crossing his names off, very similar to a lot of stand-up comedians. Mm. Um, so maybe he's we're going to see like uh, him do an open mic. Now, do oh, you wow.
0: think Bucky making a list is a reference Checking to when Captain America made a list? Mm. It's like an Easter egg, right? Remember when he made the list of movies he needed to? Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. and albums mm-hmm. and. Stuff, and now dude. Bucky's making a list. I think that's an Easter egg, and I'm going to go on
2: record saying that.
1: Yeah, I only yeah, I, make lists as a reference to the Marvel movies I love so much.
2: Me too, absolutely. Well, they say in this, you know, they're showing that old people make lists. So congratulations, guys! Wow, I am 106.
1: Yeah. Um, also, I do love the uh, him being so upfront with like I'm 106 years old, like all that <laughs> stuff was was really fun. Um, and Bucky's storyline really mixes like sort of those sweet moments with all the sadness, and I think. Until he meets up with Falcon and they, we get sort of the buddy side, I feel like it's going to be a lot of grappling with, with that
0: stuff. Yeah. Now, what did you think of the whole Sam visiting his sister, fishing boat, loan I thought it was
1: crazy like, they wh- slipped into an episode of Netflix's Outer Banks there mm-hmm. for a while. <laughs> Just very uh, briefly. Which was which was fun.
2: Well, the New Orleans is a nice uh, touch, and especially for Anthony Mackey, who that's where he's from. So, like, having that in there is kind of nice – um but it is that's why I like the layers of like dealing with somebody disappearing for 5 years and the blip it's not just things that happen in old movies like the fact that there's people still dealing with this stuff is cool When you say 100%. old movies you're
0: talking about Avengers Ed Gabe? Okay. Yeah,
2: yeah yeah famously feels so
0: long ago
1: yeah was that famously, I don't
0: honestly remember was that a talkie
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah there's a One the there's first. a train coming right to the camera and then the blip happened <laughs> Um, I agree with you, Pete. Like having the blip have big ramifications is – it feels so comic book in the best way. And it just makes you feel um, as a, a viewer like, oh, everything matters. I'm so glad I know what all this is. And Alex, like you were saying earlier about the flag, Shmasher, flag smasher stuff, it that feels like such a great justification for all that. And then here we see the the economic ramifications for um for Sam and his sister going to the yeah. bank trying to get a loan for their family business, not getting it because they have they don't have credit for five years. It's just like, ah uh, that feels yeah. like something banks would do. And you have this banker being so like fan, fan-y towards Sam for him being a superhero. Mm. We touch on race here, economics, like, yeah. like the, the struggle of all of those things in America, which again, through Sam and all the, the symbolic him passing the shield, all that stuff, it feels like it's all uh, going to come together in a great a, a great theme that is not just like these guys have to fight and get the shield back. It's like no, we're dealing with America in a way here.
2: Also, I really like the the brother sister tension. You know what I mean? Like the way that they kind of banter back and forth really feels like a brother sister relationship. I, I like how like the fact that he's defensive that he's been gone. You know, and she had to kind of work through all of it, and just want some recognition for that. And he's so defensive; he's not really given that to her. I think it's, uh, and the fact that it affects how they banter. I really like that, and I thought I'm excited for how this is all, all going to kind of unfold and what it's going to mean for the bigger picture for Sam. Now, Pete, you mentioned this: uh, Anthony Bacci is
0: from New Orleans. Sam Wilson in the comics is from Harlem. And they actually changed it to New Orleans on the show for Anthony Mackey. He said, "Hey, I come from New Orleans. Let's shoot it down there. What do you think?" And they're like, yeah, "Why not? Sounds great." And he's like, "And I work. Uh, my family works fishing, just like my family." And they're like, "Sounds great." And he's like, "And I'm eating some crawfish at one point." And they're
2: like, "I don't think we need to do that specifically, but no, yeah. they should do that. Oh my God, yeah, are you kidding? Well, me? they haven't done and it yet. Like, we'll see I, if it. He's smart. He's mm-hmm. like, hey, listen." Uh, I want to go home, I want to visit my family, I want to have some crawfish, so let's make it all part of the Mm -hmm. character,
1: you know what I mean? And then he's like, I want jet wings, and they're like, uh, okay, uh, okay.
0: (laughs) Uh, And one little other thing that, again, it's not an Easter egg, it's just part of the show, but in the comics as well, the boat is called Paul and Darlene, and Sam's parents in the comics are Darlene, Jeffries and Paul Wilson, Um, so...
2: Uh-huh. That's that reference
0: there. There you go. <laughs>
2: nice.
1: <laughs> Again, Alex, I now, think these are just regular eggs.
2: Yes. <laughs> these They're are not just Easter eggs. good old scrambled eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Uh, now, let me ask, is laugh real? Because that's a horrible name for a villain group. I think it's LAF. It's not LAF. it's not like the Laugh Hut.
0: Though well, that would tie into to why Bucky's keeping that list.
1: Yeah, exactly. You're he's going he's after I'm going
0: after the laugh Hut. You're going after
1: yeah. the laugh
2: hut? <laughs> They have it's a three-drink minimum. That's out of control. I just, I, if you want to even steal like, oh, we're a laugh, look out for us. It's like, LAF, really, guy? That's, like, your big, that's your move? I mean, unless they're, like, they're laughing at how ridiculous everything I, is. I don't, I don't <laughs> know. I, I just pulled me out for a second. I was like, <laughs> is this real? What is going on with this? Yeah. Well, wait until episode two where they introduce the Chuckle Club
1: yeah. Well, it's like how a lot of people are scared of clowns. Clowns mm-hmm. are meant to be fun, but they're, they can be scary. Were there
0: – we've kind of broad strokes through this, but were there any other specific things that jumped out to you,
1: things that you guys liked? I love – I love – Oh, God. I love the – I love the, you. End, oh, I love you. you. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, oh my God. Um, I loved the way at the end of the episode um, when Sam's sister's like, you got to watch this, and it's the press conference where they're introducing the new Captain America. And the way they shot this, I thought, was so nice. Like, it's shots from the press conference, and you see, like, a close-up on Sam's hands, his fingers, like, closing around his, his other hands. And, like, you see him just, like, boiling in this these very small ways. And not just boiling, but, like, he's mad, he's upset, um, he's just feeling lost. Like, it, it was so, such a nice little sequence that wasn't an action sequence, but still had all these great tense moments for, for Sam.
0: Yeah, I agree. And Pete, I don't know if you know this, Wyatt Russell, who plays U.S. agent, a.k.a. the new Captain America, uh, you know who he is? Could you
2: recognize no, him? No, I couldn't tell. He had a fucking mask. Your uncle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what? <laughs> He's your uncle. No, Wyatt Russell is the son of Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn. Oh, wow. Yeah. I f- that Wyatt Russell. Yes, I figured you'd like that. Cool. You love those
2: people. You love Kurt Russell. You love it Goldie Hawn. do. Yes, I do. Overboard is a classic. I mean come mm-hmm. on. You watched Don't both Christmas Chronicles. Yes, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh I I wanted speaking of uh shouting out other movies, the battleship uh date moment was really nice and a nice nod. <sighs> To Battleship the movie, I feel like that was a nice and enjoyable moment there, you know? <laughs> yeah,
1: no, everybody... Uh, is that
2: an Easter egg? Did I get one? Yep. It's, that's
1: that's oh, not even okay. an egg. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's like an apple, maybe. Yeah, that's an I did. apple. We talked in general about the uh, uh, therapist stuff, but I also really liked the breaking of the rules. Um, and he was like, that should be rule number one if it's so important. I, I really... Uh, yeah, the back and forth there is just a lot of fun. Yeah. A couple of other things I'll call out that I just jotted
0: down. Again, like you're saying, they're eggs. They're not Easter eggs. But I feel like a lot of people are going to speculate about the conversation that Falcon and Joaquin have where he says, hey, I heard that Steve is at a secret base on the moon looking down at us. I think that was just a joke. But things that – I immediately was like, oh, is that a reference to something? Is that a reference to the comics? What's going on? Because Bucky actually lived on the moon for a while as the watcher on the wall in the comics. I was like, yeah. I, are well, they saying that? No, nah, it's just a joke.
1: <laughs> I doubt they're saying that, but I did think that was weird. They That yeah. was a weird thing to very specifically bring up, and then Sam sort of said it back to him.
2: Yeah, and then he echoes these. Like, yeah. So like I Dutton don't know. Stuff.
1: I I think it could be a larger – Reference to if we want to start to spin up the old nonsense Uh speculation, uh, top (laughs) the MCU is moving into space pretty specifically. Like, maybe there's uh, something to be said about that.
0: The other thing, and I couldn't believe this is a real thing, but on the MCU wiki, there is a page for the moon. It's a very long page describing everything that happens on the moon, but mm-hmm. right at the top of the moon wiki page, there's a quote from Yo-Yo from Agents of Shield to Phil Coulson where she says, "I always thought you guys had people hiding on the moon." So I think this is another case of people going to look. oh, they made an Agents of Shield reference. They're bringing them in. Here we go. It's going to happen. It's not going to happen, folks.
1: Uh, there were a ton Aww. of shield references. They were like this shield, the mm-hmm. like Captain yeah. America's shield. Like look at all that. Yeah. It's great. Shield fans got to be psyched. <laughs> Mm -hmm.
0: And the S.H.I.E.L.D. fans
1: I think Michael Chiklis is going to show up Oh, you mean The Thing?
2: What? Fantastic Four, they're coming (laughs) It's It's happening The Chiklis Uh, I did I did like seeing the fact that, like, he was ups- he was upset as I was that somebody else was taking up the mantle of Captain America without kind of, like, checking with him. Because it really did feel like if anybody was going to do it, it would have to be him. So, like, to see, like you said, like, the, the tension, I was like, that's your job. What are you doing? Just being cool with it right there. Uh, I, I yeah, there was a lot of cool acting moments that, uh, that w- were kind of impressive.
0: And we did touch on it in a jokey way earlier, but I do think it's actually really important that they had a conversation just solo between Rhodey and Sam at the same time. Uh, that, yeah. you know, I, I don't think we've actually seen that on screen in the MCU before having two black men having a conversation with each other. About something that comes from a black writer, Malcolm Spellman, and like you were touching on earlier, Justin, they don't hit it very hard, but I think as we go on, a lot of the series is going to start to be around race more and more as yeah. we get into it
1: I agree, um, and I'm excited to see the the MCU go there yeah, like let's talk about some some real stuff, yeah, and I think they are they're doing a good job of setting the stage to actually get into real issues alongside really cool fights.
0: Awesome. Can't wait. Before we wrap up here, what is on your vision board mm, for the next yes. episode? That's a, a leftover from our WandaVision days, but also the it's podcast. It's a leftover.
1: We did, we planned it this way. Well, yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. But what are you looking forward well, to in the next episode? What's on your vision board, Pete?
2: Well, I'm just wondering, um, you know, because I enjoy when the little thing pops out of his uh, uh, jetpack there. Red wing. Red wing. But I'm just wondering. Yeah, I'm just wondering if you could set it for, like, maim instead of murder, because, like, that robot was taking people out like crazy. I was like, oh, shit, this show is just straight up murdering people right out of the bat. So it'll be interesting to see if maybe they dial that back now that they've gotten our attention a little bit or how it kind of unfolds.
1: Do you think that Sam's worried that the um, he's sort of training his replacement? With Red Wing, like Red Wing's just gonna start to be Falcon. Because
2: yeah, I think Red Wing is like yo. Uh, I think this is my job. It's I mean, the like just take it's like jobs. I always say. Yeah. Red Wing gives you bulls. <laughs> oh wow, <laughs> that too much. Wow.
1: Uh, you sound like a broken computer. I think you might be. <laughs> I think you might have I think a screw replaced. popped
2: I, out of my head when I said that. Uh, uh, that I think you gotta turn down your dad jokes a little bit. I think it's a little and yeah, It's a little high. Yeah, right. I got to adjust dad that. Dad about
1: 2,000. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Justin, what about you? What's on your vision board?
1: I want to see the guys get together. I want to put the ampersand yeah. in Falcon and Winter Soldier and see them come together, perhaps over this new Cap News.
0: I'm looking forward to Zemo. That was the big thing, obviously, left off the board completely. I love Zemo. He's one of my favorite villains. I thought he was oh so God. good in Civil War He's got as well. the color
2: purple and this. I, you got a little
0: purple. Yeah. Yeah, my favorite movie. My favorite Oprah movie as well.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. Wow. Wow. You do an Oprah film festival every couple nights, right? (laughs) Every couple of
0: nights without (laughs) fail. Absolutely. Watch through her entire filmography. Uh, No, I love Zemo. I think he's a great villain, and I'm excited to see what's going to happen. We've already set up these great villains with the Flag Smashers. How is Zemo going to enter in there? Are we going to have a villain team up? Um, you know, we set up the heroes now We set up a little bit of the conflict It's only going to get more complicated from here And that's very cool
1: Yeah, and obviously uh, in episode 6 When Al Pacino shows up as Mephisto would be That's going to be fun
0: I cannot wait The thing, played by Michael Chiklis Is going to kill him <laughs> Putting on the old rock suit <laughs> I still have it in my closet Anyway, if you want to support this podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast on YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show. Also on iTunes in particular, if you could rate us and leave a comment, that would be much appreciated. That helps us out quite a bit. ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and more Marvel Vision Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Until next time, remember, Red Wing gives you bulls.
2: Oh boy.
1: Nope. Keep your yeah. eyes out for those Easter apples, uh, you, you, you dad double down on it.
2: <laughs>